Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey again, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema for a very special episode. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. It's a bonus episode. I'm Johnny, that's Max, and we're here to talk about Secret Trail. We are. If you've never tuned into the podcast, we typically talk about craft beer and film, but this is, a, like I said, a special episode. Uh, here in Chico, we had a new brewery open, so this is a mini episode. We're talking about that brewery, and Johnny said it's called Secret Trail. Yeah, we actually got to sit down uh, with the head brewer, Charlie Barrett, and the assistant head brewer, Jake Dickman, both quality human beings, and it was really fun kind of picking their brains, talking about their beer and their business and their background and the science of making beer and all kinds of really interesting stuff. Uh, We recorded this on site in their brew room, so if it sounds a bit wonky, that's why. It's four dudes sitting around an iPhone, so just deal with that. But it was awesome to sit down where they make their beer and they work every day and really just tear it apart. Yeah, Johnny had said that he'd been there before. It was my first time. Um, if you don't know where they are, they're 132 Meyer Street, uh, south end of Chico there. They're suite 120. They're open five days a week, every day except Monday and Tuesday. Um, and I feel like we should we should just kind of set the scene a little bit. Um, it's a Saturday afternoon. We just got back. We were there for 45 minutes to an hour. And it's a little hustly bustly tap room and brewery um, in an industrial part of town. And um, it was, yeah, it was really nice and welcoming. They had uh, the open kind of patio thing, so it felt, it's a small room, the tasting room is, but it felt very open to me. Yeah, it's a very nice space. I like how they've decorated, what they've done with it. Yes, if you're like me, you might miss it the first time. Uh, it's a red, go for the red building, turn right at the red building. Bright red. It's through there. Yeah, yep. that's that's helpful probably. Yeah, so if you're in Chico, go check them out. Yeah, they've been open for, what, a couple weeks? Five days total. They opened like that's it. last Saturday, I oh, think, yeah. That is seven days. Well, but they were closed, the two. So technically, they've been uh, open I'm trying five. to be a smartass, and you caught me. <laughs> yes. Uh, so five days. Um, we basically, so yeah, like Johnny was saying, sat down with uh, the brewery folks, and they laid out a flight of beer in front of us, more or less. Which they only have four beers on tap when we went, and it's kind of the four in the flight. Um, there was a Kolsch, a hazy IPA, a porter, and a stout, an imperial stout. Mm-hmm. And basically what you're going to hear is our conversation with them over 45 minutes. We talk about those beers. We talk about how they got started, where they're seeing the brewery go in the future. Uh, some heady stuff that went over my head as far as brewing goes, but we learned some things. Science. Um, it was a really fun conversation. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add before we just play it? No, guys. Enjoy. It was a great time sitting down talking to the guys at Secret Trail. I guess one more thing. So like we said, this is a mini episode. This is not a substitution for the episode that will come out next week no. on Thursday. Bonus. Bonus. Yes. Bonus. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Tell your friends, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and here's the conversation. Enjoy. I, I, I'm i pretty pretty uh, empty-minded when it comes to everything here. I was out of the loop for a lot of it. For sure. Where did you guys, when when and where, how did this start? Introduce yourselves. Yeah, I guess that's probably helpful Okay. Too. I'm Charlie Barrett, a longtime home brewer and very passionate about beer. I'm a beer judge and I just always dreamed about opening my own brewery. And about three years ago, it kind of uh, hit me that Chico needs another brewery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of want to retire and pursue my passion. So that's when I started really working on this seriously. It was three years ago. And I retired about two and a half years ago to work full time on business plan, finding a building, finding investors, finding good employees. All right. Nice. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jake Dickman, assistant brewer. Um, and uh, Charlie kind of... Uh, kind of pulled me out of uh, the woodwork at Midtown right. um, 
And uh, and yeah, I, I was I was loving life there, but then also really looking to pursue my passion, which is a shared. Uh, it's always been a shared thing for Charlie and I. Um, yeah. And uh, and then I've I've also just gotten this uh, you know this bug too for for just trying to learn and just stay you know constantly in that state of openness of you know trying to learn everything I can here. And, and Charlie's a great teacher in that regard. Sweet. I've never met someone more just kind of like into it. Uh, from the, I mean, we we're taking a dissolved oxygen reading on the very first brew and. <laughs> Uh, and we asked our consultant about that, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't see that very often, unless people are <laughs> bottling like that beer." Right. Like, no, I don't. Yeah. So, well, anything worth doing is worth doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to imagine that the, the, the idea of opening a brewery, Stone's Throw from Sierra Nevada, had to be a little daunting at first. Oh right? yeah. yeah, I mean that's a hell of a thing. There's a reason I feel like yeah. nobody's done it really. That that, and I think the whole tasting room was a hard thing to find the right place and the right uh, code language to make it happen in mm. Chico. We had to actually change the language, so. I think those two things combined, but yeah, it was kind of like, you know, do we want to be compared to that, you know, great beer making entity, and not only that, but they're yeah. a commu- great community entity, mm. but, so, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you just got to take a risk, and, uh, and yeah. And it worked out. Yeah. You guys actually yeah. had to change some legislation, I believe, yeah. right? Like, there was some... What, what exactly well, had to happen for this it, place to open? Well, we didn't find out about it, first of all, until we were well into our plan. We'd already found a building, got our funding, and we were just about to pull the trigger and pull a building permit. And then they said, well, we, what we call a tasting room is five or six people. Mm. That was according to the then head of the department. And, and this so, is probably a maximum serving size. Yeah. So that, that right? Yeah, for, that was for the tasting room legislation. Yeah. So that was his idea of a tasting room, almost like a wine wine tasting place that, that was years ago, like a very small little. And so the concept of fifty or sixty people just having beer, not food, or not required to have food, like a brew pub, that mm-hmm. was foreign to Chico, or mm-hmm. at least the sure. government of Chico. And so the people kept asking, well, what? Why are we not like Bend or even like Sacramento and or the rest of the country for that matter? And part of that was because the code language was. And so we decided to change it with some help from a consultant and our landlords and a lot of other people. And we changed the language. So now a tasting room, manufacturing tasting room is allowed in not only the light manufacturing district, but also the um, IOMU industrial office mixed use and the commercial services, commercial retail. So that's other zoning districts in Chico. Someone else can do this. So it's kind of wide open for other breweries or wineries or meaderies, whatever, even distilleries mm-hmm. to come and, and, and well, but, th- I mean, but there's ben some over... different different laws with the ABC on distilleries. So right, yeah. uh, I know Ben from Last Insidery came over and, and just said a personal thank you to Charlie and Michelle and Jesse for uh, really doing that and leading that fight. Paving the way. Yeah. It's some important groundwork that's been laid, and hopefully that leads to more breweries in Chico. Right. Yeah. I think that would make everyone happy. Yep. Yep. In case you forget, let's talk about where we are sitting. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it, you can hear, I don't know if it'll pick up on this recording, but very faintly, lots of voices in a different room. And we are not in the tasting room. Sure. No. This is Charlie's kingdom in here. This is the brew house. Um, and uh, and it's everything. I mean, yep. I'll, I'll just preface it by saying that it is verbatim kind of what Charlie has been using just multiplied yeah. by 31. Basically, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Correct. And so it was a big jump, but I don't feel too uncomfortable, especially just with the brewing process, because once I learned the scale and the equipment, it's I don't feel that it's just the same process, but just larger. Just so a lot bigger. So far, so good on that. Um, we're just starting, but um, it was a big. The whole thing was scary, but that was probably one of the most 
can I really transition to this size? So it's a 15 barrel versus 15 gallons. So. Gotcha. Had yeah. you ever worked with anything this size? No. Okay. Just gone and brewed with a couple folks. <laughs> right. So at, let's at Feather Falls. Feather nice. Falls right. included. Where, where, uh, also, let me say congratulations to you. For, Thank you for that. That's, Thank you very uh, much. I know you were slaving away in the uh, in the distributorships, and yeah. and you got an awesome spot now. It's been fun. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, address. I want people I was, to know yeah. where they can come to find you. Let's talk address and hours. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. One thirty-two Myers Suite One Twenty. Okay. Um, we are actually right next to kind of the, the Dutch Bros corporate office. We. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun being, it's kind of hip on this little alley here. Yeah, uh, isn't there? We're, we're kind of hip. Lulu's? Yeah, Lulu's, Lulu's is right thing. there. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty tech trendy. <laughs> so you here, can get yoga pants and coffee. <laughs> right. Yoga pants, right coffee, here. there's a cupcakery. Oh my goodness. A rum, a rum distillery. Right. A, a tap house is going in on the corner called The Commons. Yep. Um, Sub shop right there. Yeah. Right. Yep. Brilliant. It's yeah, I've never. Hot spot, really. I've only turned down this street once for, uh, stopped by the, the restore once. Yeah. Okay. And... I distinctly remember then. This is a couple years ago, and I remember thinking, "This is this is like the outskirts of the town. There's nothing going yeah. on," and that's what I was expecting. But then, no, there's like people walking around, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot more lively than I expected. So I remembered bustle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this could become a real happening little. Yeah, seriously, area. isn't the uh, the tap room that's going in on the corner? That's one of the kind of self serve places, right? Yeah, yeah it which is, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I've never the Commons. Okay, yeah. by the ounce kind of prices. And right. Naturally, they're going to have your beer on tap, right? Oh yeah. 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 Better. We already spoke with the owner. I'm actually spaced on his name, but yeah, oh, he, uh, he's uh, Jesse, and um, I think there's Garth. I think there's three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they're excited about being so close to us, and we're only going to help each other's businesses for yeah. sure. Right. Uh, today's November 25th. As of today, is this the only place we can get your beer in town, or are there others? It is. Right now, we just literally opened. We were doing all like all we could to make our beer to get the tanks full. <laughs> and they're, right. They're still not full. The fermenters are full, but we have two more bright tanks to fill, and then we're going to start mm-hmm. kegging next week. Great. We're going to start uh, going out, reaching out to accounts, and, uh, and so, yeah, we hope to distribute around Chico and beyond. Now, is this yeah. something that if someone wanted to come buy a keg from you and put it on at their house? Yes. Is that something that's going to happen yeah. in the future? Yep. We ha- we're not quite set up, but that's something I want to do. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you were asking about the hours. We're currently yeah. closed Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're open Thursday, 3 to 9, Friday, 3 to 10, Saturday, 11 to 10, Sunday, 11 to 6, and then Monday, 3 to 9. Okay. So... That's it for now, but we might end up opening another day. We'll see. Sure. Why the uh, why the variation in, in the open and close hours? Oh, just because we thought that nine o'clock for a weeknight seemed like a reasonable time to kind of pack it in, and sure. then ten on Friday because it's a Friday, and same with Saturday, and then Sunday. You know, everyone wants to kind of be home Sunday evening. So. Right. Okay. Interesting. Are those uh, mandated like in your license or anything, or are those flexible? I believe they're very flexible. We did tell the city what we were planning, and they. They were fine with those hours, so cool. Yeah, and and yeah, I think for special event purposes and things of that nature, you know, being open until eleven or twelve mm-hmm. with notice to neighbors and stuff, and that's uh, something I think I remember in the city council meeting even was just you know um, just in being proactive with your relationship with your neighbors and saying we're going to have this event. Is this all right? Does yeah. this interact with your business? Definitely, because we don't want to interact with anyone else's ability to do business mm-hmm. yeah. in the way that they originally had. Sure. And, yeah. Speaking of that, if you do come down and want to park, try to be uh, mindful of Lulu's and don't, mm-hmm. or, or even Dutch Brothers, don't park yep. in front of a roll-up door, please. Right, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's already been a that. problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's frustrating. <laughs> nice. I was actually, I was, as soon as I turned in, I was like, this is a mistake. There's no parking. <laughs> and I found one spot, right? Nice. It was right out front. I was, it was good. 
Yes. Uh, can we talk about the first first beer that you put on tap here? Sure. And if it's in front of me. It is. It's the Imperial Stout. Perfect. And we wanted to do a stout because uh, stout's a little bit forgiving, and we wanted to kind of learn our system. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we did make a little mistake, it would be hidden in the beer. But sure. it, I don't think we did, other than the gravity ended up higher than we wanted, which is a good thing. But <laughs> it was supposed to be a foreign extra stout turned into an Imperial Stout. It's on the low side of the Imperial Stout spectrum, but it uh, tastes like one. And so that was came out pretty good for our first beer, I think. That was the Lunar Eclipse. Absolutely. Yeah, Lunar Eclipse. Yep. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I've got, I really I love these little... Can, I, can we steal this? Oh, yeah. That'd yeah, be awesome. Cool. Uh, little tasting notes in front of us. And uh, I, I'm going to taste it now. Should we, should we take a journey down your secret trail? I think yes. I th if you guys <laughs> would be so kind as to... Uh, I, I guess, too, maybe... Should we go? Like, yeah, we should probably yeah, go. Yeah, so let's, yeah. let's talk about yeah. the Kolsch, then. I just, yeah. I've been waiting so long to say that. <laughs> All right. So the Kolsch is one of my favorite beers because it's a real, it's a, it's a hybrid between an ale and a lager. Um, it tastes a lot like a Pilsner, but it's not as difficult to make. Um, it's a sessionable beer. Um, that one's a little higher than sessionable, but still within the five and a half, roughly, range. So it's... Um, it's not about the hops. It's more about just an easy drinking, more malt, Pilsner malt flavored thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it would be a good Chico's beer all year round. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drink this one because you already had a pint of mm -hmm. it. This one is mine. Deal. <laughs> so, yeah. That's super refreshing though. Yeah. Uh, I, I think when it comes to Kolsch's, my experience is fairly limited. Um, but oddly enough, we talked about this on, on an episode. We were talking about Sierra Nevada's lighter beers, like their Pilsner, or their Nooner Pilsner specifically. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't talk about the Kolsch, but I have a similar reaction to their, both, mm. both of those, I just don't like them. Yeah. Um, and I do tend to like Pilsners, like a good, clean, refreshing sure. beer. Right. This is really nice. Thanks. Um, well, I was telling Johnny in regards to this one, we, uh, it's the only beer we've actually backed up so far. Um, so it's it's the only one that's had a reiteration, um, mm -hmm. and not much has changed with it. But Charlie and I are the, the small bit that has changed. We're really pleased with mm -hmm. the second batch, and not that we weren't pleased with the first, sure. but yeah. really excited to get that one in too. Yeah, excellent. You were saying you guys put wheat in the mm -hmm. second batch, a little mm -hmm. bit more or something yeah. like that to yeah, adjusted yeah. adjusted the levels of wheat in the second batch, um, a little bit more mouthfeel. Mm. Um, yeah, more head retention, mm -hmm. just make it even even a lighter beer. Nice. Yeah. Sweet just tends to lighten the flavor. Yeah, it can even add that little lemony crispness too. Yeah, um, that, that there's already some of that going on in there, and then wheat with that that ability to do that might, might, might work nice. Smooth it out. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I want to. I'm gonna. <laughs> Sort of weird for an interview, like tasting, because we always end oh, up yeah. talking about something else, sure, and sure. then I get a chance to sit with the beer. Right, uh, I'm yeah. actually going to set this one back for a minute and revisit it. Yeah. But let's move on. Do you want to rate them while they're here in front of them? I don't. Or maybe at the end. Not? We yeah. should. I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I, I think I. I mean, Charlie and I are probably on the same page here. We're just looking for. We we want feedback and. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask how you guys. You mentioned you changed the recipe on this. Uh, why? Is it your own taste or is it people's feedback that you thought that you should you should revisit it? Um, or in general, we just kind of thought that the wheat would help it uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to lighten a little more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that... Was that it was just for, for your, your guys' own palate? Something yeah. that both of you saw in the beer originally? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I did think it was kind of, It was really delicious, but a little bit bitter. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a Kolsch, I usually get a bit more smoothness. Sure. And we were kind of talking about that before, mm -hmm. where the wheat will... I, I think it will. ...round it out, smooth out the edges a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and we, we also wanted to do it again to... Um, kind of do a, another take on our system with the Kolsch because you know honestly uh 
we didn't have the sparge water level set right, so we had to sparge it again. Like, and so we wanted to do another one and take another shot at that. And okay. I think we nailed it better. Yeah. So awesome. obviously it's not us because we're experts, but for all the losers that don't know any of that terminology, <laughs> yeah. What's a sparge uh, water? Okay, so that's, Explain that. That's when you're when you're done doing the mash, which is when you're doing the conversion of the sugars, uh, of the carbohydrates, or excuse me, the starches to the sugars. After that, you want to rinse that out and get it into your kettle. So that's called a sparge when you put hot water on top of the grain and kind of at the same time you're pulling off the bottom, you're adding more on the top. So anyway, we ran out of sparge water, which is not the end of the world, but we had to re-sparge. And I think it might have added a little bit of astringency to the beer. And so we kind of wanted to take another shot at it. Interesting. With, yeah. See if it did or if it didn't. Yeah. Sure. Either so way, now we'll, you'll we'll know. find out, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing how something so seemingly minuscule in the process can possibly have an effect on the outcome. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. have thought that. Absolutely. Like, we stopped rinsing out the thing for a minute. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. Just, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah it's, because what happens if when you do that, you get some turbidity from the mash. Mm. And, uh, we, so we got some of that, and we, don't wanna, we didn't yeah. want it. So What does that word actually mean? I've had the turbidity from New Glory. That's what I was it's say. cloudy. It's yeah. basically okay. a bunch of it's, stuff that shouldn't be, right. in, it shouldn't be in the work, or at least right. not much yeah. of it, but it's like hazy. It's like a really fancy word. looks like it. flour okay. in there, and sure. you're like, oh. So. See, some people might consider that a pro in today's sure. beer. Yeah. Well, and, and, and actually, that's a perfect segue. That's the best transition I've heard. Yeah, let's talk our second beer. You're welcome. Um, and that beer, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you talk about that one? Because uh, Jake kind of had the concept for this. Sure. One. Excellent. Um, yeah. So this is uh, a beer that I was working on at home, um, and uh, had, had gone through a couple iterations at home. And um, really, what the main focus in uh, on it is is the Huel Malone hop. Um, it's kind of a hop that like enchanted me uh, about a year ago. Uh, it's a, a German noble bread hop. What is it again? Uh, Huel Malone. Malone. So the Huel Institute uh, of Research for Hops in Germany um, oh, cool. bred this hop out, and you know they take their time. So it probably took ten years. It's yeah. probably been in, in the breeding process mm -hmm. for ten years, but represents with like melon and strawberry aromas and flavors, and so that's kind of really cool when you can get those from a, a region of hops that's typically known for earthy, spicy, um, you know, bittering mm -hmm. type hops, and so you get this kind of new wave, fruity, floral uh, hop going, and it's, it's kind of fun. So. Definitely. That's a focus here. We also wanted to uh, to appeal to um, some tastes that are going around, but right. there's also you'll notice um, it's not that hazy. Mm -hmm. um, no. And so we were even tossing around, you know, New England or not, um, right? In, in our in our heads. Because but then I had a couple come in the other day. Mm -hmm. Jesse actually talked to them, and he he called it a New England IPA. And then uh, someone said, I don't know if it who it was but they said but they're not sure it really meets the style and they were from boston and they said you know what this is pretty darn close to some of the some of the ones back there so sure. but i don't know i mean i well and that just goes to show i mean when it, when a style can move across a country like that how much style creep really occurs and by the time it reaches the west coast you know uh, by the time you know breweries in uh, colorado and 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 oregon get a, you know their hands on it we're so, sometimes seeing like pancake batter mm -hmm. beers and and that's you know, that's another iteration of the style. This mm -hmm. is just one, it's all a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So how do you think that this beer matches up with some of like the industry standard mm. uh, hazy IPAs? And how many sure. of you guys sampled? Um, I guess, well, yeah, what goes into like the inspiration and, and sure. Cause we, I think in a homebrew culture, like you get, you get this cloning phenomenon, right? People mm -hmm. try tend to make like a, a clone of Julius sure. or whatever it mm -hmm. might be. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine that would be impossible to sell legally if you were like, this is a clone of this, but yeah. Um, there's got to be something to be said for something inspiring a sure. taste. Uh, so yeah, how did you guys decide 
kind of what Johnny was saying, but I was super inspired actually by uh, by Jamil Zanishev's uh, "Make America Juicy Again," mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. because it's it's an, it's another it's very similar to this beer in a lot of ways in my opinion because uh, I've I've had it on tap you know I tapped it at Woodstock's when I was there mm -hmm. um, and then I've also just had it um, in the can and both times it just poured relatively clear um, but mm. you were seeing a haze in there um, and it was more likely than not a polyphenol kind of hop haze as opposed to uh, a yeast-based haze or a protein-based haze. And so Hetty Topper is another one of those beers that people always point to as an example of the style. Um, and I, John, I forget the head brewer's name, but he will also point to polyphenols and the hops mm -hmm. as the driving factor okay. behind the haze. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Whereas if you, if you look at uh, beers that are yeast-driven in that, that's closer to like a wit beer, really. Um, if hmm. your haze is coming from yeast, yeah, it's right. a lot more akin to that style, um, right? So, so, so we put a bunch of flaked adjuncts in this beer, oh, uh, yeah. flaked, uh, <laughs> flaked oats, mm -hmm. flaked barley, flaked rye, and the rye was a kind of an original one just to try to give it a that's little spice. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, but that's how we were hoping to get the haze plus the yeast. It's um, I don't know how it matches up classically because honestly, I've only had a few of the the latest haze beers. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've maybe a half a dozen. 10 at the most, so okay. I haven't had a lot of them, but um, I'd say that so I don't know if it, in the next you know. iteration, really, what I would, you know, w you know, look for is, I guess, mouthfeel again and 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 dryness, really, because um, I think we were we even talked maybe about a little honey malt or something um, or, or something to that yeah, effect. This, this beer finished real dry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the, the dryness really, again, going back to our, our, our efficiency, you know being at 90% efficiency in the mash mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the 80 we thought we were getting. Yeah. That's then, a great problem to have. We just need to learn to adjust to it. Especially for that style. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of things I'm picking up on this beer, I definitely notice it's a lot more uh, bitter. You don't get a lot of sweetness sure. out of this one, whereas you mm -hmm. do a lot of traditional, yeah. quote-unquote, hazy beers. Mm -hmm. I like a, a hazy New England-style beer, whatever, that kind mm -hmm. of walks that line sure. of orange juicy with, like, hoppy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Dojo's one that comes to mind, just mm -hmm. for an example, yeah. that it's it's very sweet and juicy in the finish, but you definitely get, sure. like, a hot punch. Yeah. Um, I think this is really good. Uh, it's definitely a bit more bitter than I was expecting upon yeah. first trying it. Mm -hmm. It leans it leans West Coast, I'd, yeah, I'd say. Exactly. Definitely. I just think it would maybe confuse people that mm. it, you know, are they're looking for that Julius or sure. something. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm almost tempted to disagree. I guess. Uh, specifically because you get a lot of the more West Coast New England IPAs and, and they are super bitey all the way through to the finish. This one actually, mm. like you're saying, finishes dry, finishes clean. I would I even wrote down like it has a Swedish. Okay. Finish. It's Swedish. Swedish. <laughs> I mean, that'd probably be perceived. Really. Totally. And then, yeah. yeah, this happens. In, like, yeah. Well, anytime people yeah. taste different things. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I think this is really approachable, too. It's really good. Yeah, by the books, it's it's pretty dry. Yeah. Um, it's, it's below two degrees Play Doh, mm -hmm. below eight for those homebrewers out there. It's like almost as dry as a Belgian mm. that they finish mm -hmm. it. Is there a measurement of dryness called Plato's? Yeah. Is that a thing that I just heard happen? Plato, yeah. P L A Y D O U G H. Plato. Yes. Plato's. Wow. No, it's, uh, it's actually something that um, going again back to that theme of me uh, me really ears up with Charlie um, is that uh, you know this is a measure of of uh, what's fermentable in a liquid, but it's also a little a little more accurate than gravity readings. Hmm. Um, the, the scale is longer, right? Yeah, the, the way you measure it is usually, typically it's a, a more delicate instrument, but it's, it's just another way of uh, measuring specific gravity, which is the, 
the uh, density of the beer. And when you first get the beer, before it's beer, it's called wort, and you measure it before it ferments, and that's your original gravity. Oh, is that what that you, means? Yeah, and you, re you measure it either, with a, either by Play-Doh or specific gravity. Home brewers like specific gravity. Professional brewers use Play-Doh. So anyway, it's usually four times four times Play-Doh equals specific gravity if you ever want to convert. Great. That's fascinating. Right. I had yeah. no idea that yeah. there was a, a way to measure dryness. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about this on the show, too. Our Certainly our biggest weakness as beer goes is um, the process of it sure. uh, and knowing... I can't think of how many times it's come up where Why we, we've seen like final gravity on a bottle. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. Or we, we, we've done a little bit of researching on uh, who did Vic Secret? Oh, El Segundo. El Segundo. Hmm. Uh, and they are very good about putting all their hop info. And we looked sure. what the, the, the yeah, the it Vic was Secret the Vic hop. Secret. And we looked it up and it had all, all the different like. Oh, co-humulone. Co what does uh, any of that mean? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we found a crazy website that had the breakdown of the hop and like it was just very helpful. Well, yeah. What percentage linalool is there? Yeah, yeah. humulone and co-humulone yeah. and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot over our heads. Exhaustive. Yeah, it felt like work. Yeah, and you're just reading <laughs> For it. Sure. It's like <laughs> it this is. feels like schoolwork. Like you're gonna start putting numbers in math next. What's <laughs> going on here? Yeah, Charlie's got. Uh, we, we both have been working through a, a, a brewer's publication series. Um, not that you guys are sponsored by them yet, mm. but here's an opportunity. Right. Uh, and, and it's the hops, water, yeast, and, uh, oh, yeah. So this is a demonstration. Yeah. This, is a, this is a hydrometer. I'm measuring uh, this final gravity of squeegee, and um, squeegee's the next double IPA to Cool. I just found important. And it's, this one's below two Play-Doh also, so it's about a 9% double IPA wow. yeah. very light body so low gravity means light bodied sure. thin mouth feel whereas mm -hmm. a high grab like say if something finished at four play-doh or five play-doh or six play-doh that would be a very sweet full-bodied beer yeah. this is going to be a thin mm. dry and this is a finishing hydrometer right yeah okay. so uh on on a starting hydrometer where we're checking original gravity it's going to be sitting closer to somewhere in this region telling oh, wow. us or, uh, yeah even a different yeah way it, up Different yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it will be telling us, wow, this is this liquid is chock full of fermentable sugar. Um, it is ready for yeast to have just this the party of their life. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So like a, a chewy, just silky, like barrel aged stout, it's going to be way higher in Play-Doh. Oh, sure. In the final Play-Doh. And, and, yeah. right. and, and the starting. Yeah. Okay. And both of them. Because, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of dextrins in there. Dextrins are a fancy word for unfermentable sugars. Huh. So you're going to find a lot of the stuff that's not going to attenuate out. Attenuate is another yeah. thing. Yeah, okay. So it stays in the beer. It makes it sweeter. Totally. Fascinating. So, so something like the Lunar Eclipse Stout, mm. do you know what, what the final was? Oh, yeah. What was it? 4.1. Okay. So it Play-Doh. So it has right. some body to it. Yeah. But it's not very sweet. So yeah. What's what's the spectrum of that scale? What's a really what's a really low Play-Doh number? For what style? For any like for it's beer. One or one or two. One or two. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah. as low as a and beer. And it goes up. No, it goes all the way down to like a sour. Might have almost no. It's mm. almost like water thinness. Like and, um, wow. Sure, because because you have this stuff going mm -hmm. down and taking after the normal yeast. Yeah. You've got um, the other. The bacteria is I've, uh, I've heard it really well in that there's, uh, if you look at a pile of boulders, um, you know, you've got uh, your your sucrose, right? Your, that's going to be your your most easily fermentable sugar. Yeah, or maltose. One uh, of yeah, and I think it goes sucrose and then maltose. They'll take those out, uh, and then it goes moves on to 
these really complex chain sugars after that. And that's, that's really where primary fermentation kind of ends and it goes into this lag phase of like, mm. we're really gonna, they have to chew really hard at those sugars and, to break them down. Yeah, and the different I'm, yeast strains can take it down lower. Mm -hmm, Some mm -hmm, yeasts yeah. leave a lot of body, like an English ale yeast typically will. Um, a Belgian strain will take sugars almost all the way down, like a Saison, how dry mm -hmm. that is. So that's wow, yeah. it, so. There's so many factors: different mash temperatures, different yeast, um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, and how healthy the yeast is. Yeah. yeah, this this trail this trail goes deep. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. yeah, so yeah. deep. We need to drink some more. Which you yeah. didn't mean to do, but Trail of Darkness <laughs> yeah. is our Again. next one. You said, on of course, I didn't mean to do <laughs> wow. that. Yeah, this just happens on accident. You are good, Johnny. I'm telling you. Okay, Trail of Darkness. What are we looking at? We're looking at a basic robust porter here. Um, it's got a little bit of wheat in there just to give some head retention and uh, lighten it out a bit. It's got some black patent malt on the other end of the spectrum to give it a little bit of almost uh, slightly burnt flavor, not burnt, but almost coffee-ish. Mm -hmm. A lot of chocolate malt, a lot of um, some carob, um, caramel 80 and 120 to give it a little sweetness. And then the base malt is Maris Otter, which is a, a British malt. And um, we hopped it with... Um, Horizon and Goldings, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so it's a traditional English porter, um, but we did use a bittering hop that was an American hop, and then we finished it with EKG Goldings hop. And then the yeast is the SO4, which is a dry yeast. It's an English ale yeast. So it left quite a bit of body. It's got a little sweetness, but but not cloying at all. So I like mm -hmm. this one. It's good drinkable. Yeah. So that's a great beer for the season. Um, just like Charlie said, I mean, it, it is drinkable. You could actually, you could end up having two of those in the pub, um, three if you're not driving. Right. Uh, and and that's nice. I mean, dark beers have really gravitated towards that syrupy, uh, like kind of ass kicker for a better word, stout. Mm -hmm, and then, sure. you know, this, the, the middle of the road dark beer has kind of fallen by the wayside, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, so. the session stout. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this too on the show, um, especially when we do porters and stout side by side. Especially, especially when that stout is barrel aged and you have mm. a really thick, viscous, yeah. engine oily looking kind of. Which yeah. are like my favorite. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they've become oh, one of our great, favorites. Great beers, yeah. But we've made the mistake a few times of going from the stout to the porter and we're always left wanting. Uh, yeah. uh -huh. um, They're two different. They're two, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, at least in my brain, when I look at them, I'm like, okay, these should be similar. Sure. And they're, they should not be. Yeah. And there's so many different kinds of stouts and porters, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. People tend to always think of uh, a barrel aged imperial stout, like, you know, that, that's motor oil. I don't like right. that. Or, you know, but it's not. There's there's lighter stouts. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. There really are. Yeah. What kind of different porters are there? Well, there's an You're English. There, yeah, there's cool. a brown porter. Which that's is what this is. Brown porter. Right. No, this is a no. robust porter. Oh, robust. So this is kind of a. Um, What's the difference? So a brown porter is an English style. It's a lighter, okay. lighter color, lighter gravity, lighter, almost lighter everything, lighter flavor, mm. and more sessionable. Okay. So that's uh, kind of in the English tradition, and then once, once the Americans get a hold of something, we tend to ramp it up with gravity and hops, and Bigger. so that's why every, just everything goes. <laughs> so that's how I would define the difference between a brown porter or robust porter. There's also a Baltic porter, which yeah, I could talk about an hour about. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, that's okay. a whole other episode. Uh, popular examples of a Baltic porter. Oh gosh, that's a good one. You know what? For the area, I'm going to point to Lights Out, and that's Charlie's beer. Um, we're a super young brewery, but Charlie is uh, a seasoned brewer, and that beer has already won awards. Uh, CB, CBE won, even. Yeah, it was a, it was a bourbon right. barrel vanilla yeah. Baltic porter, and it was good. Yeah. So. Mm. But uh, there are most of good Baltic porters do come from uh, in the Baltic region where they still make some really good ones. Mm. I can't remember the name of the one 
I, you know, you can get them in a good liquor store if you search around, and or you can wait and when ours is ready in about January, have yeah. Secret Trail Baltic Porter. There we yeah, go. I there might have go. to do that. So uh, I'm getting a lot of coffee, a mm-hmm. lot of coffee. Yeah. But oh it's, yeah, it's very malty, very mm-hmm. smooth. Uh, that might be my favorite beer that I've had from you guys so far. Mm-hmm. That beer's killer. Thanks. I don't yeah. Like it. Yeah, the coffee comes through in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think mm-hmm. as it's, uh, I just. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've, also, that's I've also gotten cola uh, a couple okay. a couple waves of it, but then it's always it's always backed then by coffee again. So it's, yeah. kind of, it's a fleeting one, but. Yeah. Almost a little cocoa too on that one. Oh, for sure. Like a little um, like cocoa puff action. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Here's a nice. question. Uh, we've seen bottles that say brewed with cocoa. We've also seen cacao, cacao. <laughs> every single time. I'm like, is it a misprint? And I know it's not, but is there a difference in what is that difference you guys? Think? Are they spelled differently? Yes. yes. Yeah. Or so, you know, that's a good question. I, I uh, couldn't even a, answer I that. I think that that's probably going to be like an Appalachian thing. Yeah. Like how you can't make Burgundy outside of Burgundy, France. Yes. Oh. Um, so I think that that's a region okay. and, uh, and might, maybe yeah. a preparation like Method Champenois, like mm-hmm. It it, it it may not be made with champagne grapes from the Champagne, champagne Valley, but did you make it in the original yeah. method Champenois? Sort of like the German period, oh, yeah. Yes, Reinheitsgebiet, totally, I think it's probably in that realm. That's okay. my guess. Interesting. I, and that's a, that's a wild stab, but it's... All right. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with what he said. Yeah. Yeah, here you go. It's the best information we have no, so far. No, I would agree with you. Of those three, I think the porter is my favorite, too, because I like it's got a little sweetness, mm-hmm. and then the black patent malt gives it a little tartness at the end, kind of a little... Yeah. Yeah, that's a beer that I would gravitate towards. I mean, yeah, and at 5.6%, that's what you're saying. Uh, very drinkable. Yeah, totally. You very can, approachable. You can, hang out, you can hang out on that beer for a while. This is, I, so I, maybe I said this earlier today at a different, it's been a long day. Uh, yeah, I said it somewhere else. I was in England recently, and they uh, stick to a lot of old traditional pouring methods in their pubs, uh, basically room temperature, Machine, and they pump it out yeah. of the cask. Ironically enough, I couldn't find a really traditional good dark beer really it was very shocking i know um and i was bummed because that's i was really excited for that and i I asked one pub specifically was like give me your like your most like average dark beer and it was like uh you know it was a little bit darker than this kolsch oh my oh no that's sad well, that's yeah. crazy because, I mean, that's the birthplace of dark beer. Yeah, like, well, and we've talked about on the show, like, English-style bitters yep. are, like, some of my favorite mm-hmm. styles. Normally, like, a brown, malty, yeah. delicious yeah. bomb. But Yeah, they invented porter. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. In the 1800s or <laughs> yeah. so. Right? They literally yeah. invented mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, well, basically, it was the drink of the porters, the mm-hmm. guys who... Uh, I've been told transportation was, specialists yeah. like moving I mean, someone said from, they mixed a stout with something else and they called it a porter but I don't yeah. believe that I don't yeah. know but it was very popular at one time they had huge porter breweries they made yeah. nothing but porter but that's shocking falling out of you couldn't find one yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I would hope there's a pocket yeah. somewhere a pub no mm-hmm. kidding I, there's gotta be yeah, right? or maybe just, yeah, some, you were yeah. just asking the wrong questions you but look, they're also they're, they've been dealing with the Tide House issue there for century, for decades now which is you know Giant brewery owns the pub and won't sell anything except what the giant brewery brewed in the pub. Um, so small brewers really had like they almost had it worse than American brewers did for a long time because of that. At least we had a three tier system that really keeps big guys out of uh, retail uh, shop ownership. So they can't just push. You can't just have twenty taps of shock top. Yeah. Nothing against the brewers of shock top. I think they're fantastic brewers. Yeah, but insert yeah. any name and sure. monopolize yeah. it, and that's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Exactly. You can have the best beer in the world, but mm-hmm. if it's the only one you're allowed to drink, yep. that's not cool. Yep. I'm getting something similar between this and the Kolsch, weirdly enough. And I don't know, it's right on the finish. 
and uh is it vacuum it's not vacuum okay thank you for that uh, we did a beer from Fieldwork our very first episode, and that's the only word I could think of. I was like, it tastes like a vacuum. <laughs> it tastes like, <laughs> it tastes like a vacuum. Well, was it a Saison? I hope it was no, a Saison. No, it was a, it was a, it was, it was Galaxy it was a double, Yeah, it was double, oh. yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, but no, there's something here, and I can't quite place it. Um, is there anything similar between these two beers? Is it like a bitter taste you get on the finish? Or? It's, it's almost like a, like a, a um, like an earthiness, almost like a grainy kind of thing, but, hmm. um. I would, can't think I would point to noble hops being used in the Kolsch and English hops being used in the Porter. Hmm. Um, if, if, it's, if you're coming from that, with that earthy perspective, yeah. those are two hops or two regions of hops that are known for presenting earthy and spicy. Gotcha. And they kind of smell the same. Um, so it really could be that and, uh, UK hops are, are bred from noble German hops, mm. so they, have, they share ancestry. Could, I'm, I'm shooting in the dark, but... Well, I mean, if it is a hop similarity, it's going to be something on the nose that you would maybe pick up on, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's so... I barely get it at the end of yeah. this one. Interesting. This one is pretty obvious, I've, and I've tasted it before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it a good taste? No. I don't like it. Okay. There's just something about it that reminds oh. me... And it could be as yeah. purely emotional and visceral, but I, it it's something that would turn off for me. Well, it could there's... be somewhat of a slight astringency. Maybe. Which is a little bit it of a might be, puckering... Yeah. Uh, I've found that in certain, like, I don't know, certain beers that have, like, a certain yeast strain that I just personally don't like, you know, or just weird stuff like that, but yeah, you never know. That's why this stuff's so dang subjective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So should we finish let's hit Yeah, let's hit Lunar Eclipse. Yeah. Total Eclipse. Uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but let's, in a nutshell. Okay, so this is a four, it, this was going to be what's called a foreign extra stout, which is a stronger version of a robust or excuse me an american stout uh and it turned into since the gravity was higher since it was our first beer um and the yeast finished it fairly low it took it way down that it ended up 8.2 percent so i decided and it was also fairly hoppy i decided to call it a imperial stout so it's on the very low end of imperial stout range but it's it is yeah it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think uh, when you look at the range of that spectrum, you know, and this being on the, such a low end, one one comment I already heard was that, oh, well, it doesn't have that warming alcohol heat right. um, that I find in Imperial Stats. So I'm like, well, yeah. that's because the category goes up to about 14%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the low end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're you're really, we're so borderline, and it's mm-hmm. really just that kind of, I don't, almost like a session Imperial Stout. Right. Yeah, Oxymoronic. The session kind of, Stout. Yeah, sure, yeah. And it tastes really dry, even though it had about a four-degree Play-Doh finishing gravity, which should have some body. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because of the roasted malts, a lot of chocolate malt again, uh, roasted barley, which is the, basically the difference between stout and porter. Yeah. It's roasted barley. And um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, some people love that beer, and some people don't care for it. So Yeah. yeah. I like it quite a bit. I like it. I miss that, like, mouth coating mm-hmm. of, like, a, a stout. You yeah. know what I mean? It definitely finishes on that dry note. And that's mm-hmm. funny. I was trying to peg why this beer just seemed a little wonky to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably it. I'm just, it leaves you, like... We, I mean, yeah, this is something that we, we constantly throw back and forth. I think, I think sometimes I use these terms interchangeably, but they're not. It's the difference between... Um, Thinness in body, mm-hmm. or or a light body, mm-hmm. and like a light sure. feel. And I, I think I always associate thinness with with negativity. And I almost said thin for this, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's it's a light mm. stout. Yeah. And I actually like the way that it sits. And I'm not. I'm doing the same thing with the. 
thing, but it's 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 a light yeah finish, and yeah. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. I think it's just the reason it throws me is because it's just different from yeah. what I usually gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, it's just a different take on a style, yeah. but it is definitely something I'm not used to. I love the the richness of this yeah. beer. It's like rich mahogany. I also I, I challenge you to try this beer now, um, and then drink it in two two three weeks um, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's still so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. We are like all of these beers are so young. Um, so we will see. I think them mature in, in great ways. Do you um, mean Do you mean by the recipe or by the batch that's currently? I mean here? by the batch that it's okay. okay. Um, Just giving us I mean, a on it. Literally. Yeah, we brewed it like two and a half weeks yeah. ago or something. Oh, okay. And, and then and then let's. I mean t- to that yeah. end too. Yeah, like our you know uh, our ability to to operate that brew house. I think on the second batch of beers was already yeah way better. Um, yeah. And so yeah. you know we're we're learning up in that way too but oh, yeah. just, even though those beers themselves just time time alone will will the only thing that will go down and not will that go down and it'll go down in freshness and sure, the sure. hop aroma obviously is the ipa but. yeah yeah drink that one fresh as you yeah, can really sure. but but everything else is i mean a kolsch is built to condition like that in cold um stout and porter <coughs> only you're only going to get nicer deeper mm-hmm. more cohesive uh flavors from that too Definitely. I really like the stout. I think it's it's a unique take on it as far as just what's really popular in the market right now. You could call it a session imperial stout. <laughs> I have, dude. Yeah, I would love it if you called it that because I've been calling, there's that so beer, um, Son of the Baptist. Uh, that okay, you brought yep. me. Yeah. And it's, you can just drink those yeah. and they're not mm-hmm. super Baptist, high. Because yeah. yeah. if, you're, if you're used to its older brother, then exactly. it, that's nothing compared to Yeah, right? so we, we were just calling it a session stout yeah. and that's always kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. Basically anything that's not barrel aged or and <laughs> yeah. that's under 10% yeah. is a session stout. Or, or yeah, once you get to that level. Yeah. You, Why not? Yeah. Why not call it a session? And stuff. Or, uh, Let's trademark that, guys. I want five percent. I recommend them, but right. uh, where's that? It's some, it's some much-needed beer satire, really. Mm. Um, he calls them pastry stouts. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, you know, if it's not, or, or maybe that cloyingly sweet beer that, mm-hmm. that everyone's looking for, but yeah, yeah. So no, this poundable, is like donuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. donuts. What's there? I mean, there's no like, there's no limit to naming beer anymore. I, what was it? No. I saw something. Did we do it? No. I have no idea. It was like a long, it was like, <laughs> maybe, ah, shoot, I can't remember it, but long, crazy name, basically just like, it's like something like a, like a pancake, like a pancake syrup stout, like, oh, mm. are you thinking of the cinnamon toast stout? No, but that's a great example. Yeah. That mm. one, I just saw that like, on the internet. Something like, 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 like fruity yeah. pebbles, something like, yeah, no, oh. that's, that isn't a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone just like, we'll throw it. Yeah. When does it end? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was in an IPA but, too. Right. When yeah. like waffles in the mash. And I say, look at yeah, like, burgers in the whole, in the mash right, time. You know, real. let's we're just probably gonna drop, no, it's real. We're going to drop our lunch in the kettle one day. Right. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll hit a Have the internet. <laughs> and that, that'll be the substation. Uh, <laughs> the pastrami. Food in collaboration with substation. Oh, that's amazing. Unbeknownst to them. Yeah. So I think we're at the end of the flight. I was just going to say, I think. For me, the porter is by far the standout. Okay. Absolutely love that beer. I think oh, it's cool. head and shoulders above the other three. Just my personal take. That's yeah. the, cool. my favorite beer of the yeah. day. Cool. Um, followed by the stout. The stout's amazing. Yeah. It's so malty and approachable. Yeah. And uh, the warmer it gets, the better it is. For sure. Like, yeah. You should just keep those tanks out in the, in the, <laughs> right. in the I know. office. I'm adding to my, my rating of it right yeah. now. <laughs> it is kind of... Yeah, no, the warmer it gets, the better it is. Uh, I do have a couple questions for you guys. Sure, sure. Um, you mentioned doing a barrel-aged porter. What are the probabilities of having, like, a barrel program here as far as barrel-aged stouts, 
stout variants, all that fun stuff. Um, eventually is what I'm going to say because we're Sweet. a little space constrained, sure. but it's definitely something mm-hmm. I want to pursue. Awesome. Um, I don't have a desire to pursue sours at this time. But, yeah, that'd be tough here. But yeah, but I would love to get some barrels and start aging mm-hmm. some stuff. Um, and we can also, there's other ways you can do it without a barrel, which we'll probably explore first. Yeah, like mm-hmm. oak chips or staves yeah. or yeah. You know, right. things like that. Because yeah, a barrel's a long term. You have commitment. to wait. Yeah, but yep. but if we had the space to set like a half a dozen or a dozen barrels somewhere, we'd, oh yeah, we'll probably start doing that. Cool. I mean, yeah, I think that's where you know again um, the the homebrewer spirit will uh, you know I think uh, you know we may have graduated in size, but you know we just yeah. want to not not stop learning ourselves Good. we yeah. want to not stop experimenting too good um, yeah. don't stagnate live and yeah. drink off the beaten path that's the yeah. that's the motto and we're not gonna, we're not gonna hit a home run every time or even a triple we're gonna mm-hmm. but we're gonna try new things and what's the old expression you miss 100 percent of the pitches you don't swing at shots you don't take it's <laughs> a wayne, wayne gretzky, gretzky. <laughs> whatever dude it's, it's actually a, a michael scott it's wayne gretzky quote. michael scott actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> office nerds there we go it yeah. can be it can be applied to baseball yeah and then i just want to say one more thing about secret trail i want this to be a community brewery I want to get input and feedback from folks. Um, I want it to. F- I want people to feel like they're kind of a part of this, um, and that's what I want. That's my vision for this. So. Yeah. yeah, I want to run through my my yeah. notes on this too. I'm uh, similar. No, I think we have different reads. I don't know. I've been kind of spewing as I go. That stout's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um. I yeah. I love it. I think. Uh, well, one that taste that I don't like isn't in this. Okay. Um. So that put it above the porter for me. Mm. But I do like the sweetness and the lightness of it. Um. Second for me was actually the the, the IPA. Okay. Um, there was just something really refreshing and, and delicious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was Porter and then the Kolsch at the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think everything's on a really good track. I would happily drink most of this. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Real quick before we uh, wrap this up, where can people find you on the internet? Because that's what we are doing nowadays. That's yep. where you live. Yeah. That's where you're on, listening on to this. Instagram at Secret Trail Brewing Co. Um, and that's at Naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and on the good old web, secrettrailbrewing.com. Perfect. Yeah. You guys on Facebook, Twitter, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we are on Facebook, Facebook. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, Secret Trail Brewing Company on Facebook. Great. Sweet. As um, far as I know, we're not on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> right. I don't believe we are. Um, I also post a fair amount um, of Secret Trail-related stuff, too. I'm Jake from Secret Trail. Um, that's at... Um, on Twitter. That's on Twitter, and gotcha. that's also on, on Instagram. Sweet. You guys should definitely come check them out. Follow them on social media. Uh, so um, we uh, this episode is going to be up tonight. Awesome. I will link you guys on all the socials. Cool. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Anybody? Anything at all? I think I I covered everything. Um, really impressed with what you guys are doing, Thank and you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to sit down and pick your guys' brains. And I want one more very important question: Can we sit down and open beers sometime? You guys down to just try some new stuff with us? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I love picking love your brain kind of about all the yeah. details and stuff sure, yeah. that I don't know. Well, let's, oh, go, yeah. let's go around the table anyway. My name is Max Bernardi. Uh, Jake Dickman. My name's Johnny Summers. And I'm Charlie Barrett. And this is Fresh Hop Cinema from Secret Trail. Okay. Bonus episode achieved. We did it. Concluded. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, like we said at the beginning, our regular episode's coming at you next week. Wanted to say thanks for listening. Um, I swear right before I hit record, I had something else to say. Yeah, no, thanks for listening. Go check out Secret Trail. Uh, the normal episode will drop next week, probably Friday, because Max is out of town making a living. Yes. So normal schedule continues next Friday. Hope mm-hmm. you enjoyed the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Check out Secret Trail. You just heard them tell you about their social media. Check out us on social media. At Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. On Twitter, at Instagram, on the... Yeah. <laughs> on the Yelp. All at Fresh Hop Cinema, as yeah. usual. Yeah. Um, 
if you've been listening to our show and you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, uh, we hate you. Please go do that and we won't hate you anymore. Exactly. It takes two seconds and it makes us feel really good and it helps people find the show and we appreciate it. Yep. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your kids. Tell your wife. Just tell everybody. Tell everybody you know. Make a sign. Stand on the side of the street on a milk crate. Yes. Fresh Hop Cinema is awesome. So until next time, my name is Max Bernardi. My name is Johnny Summers. See you then. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.